welcome to day two of UXLX in Lisbon, Portugal. Uh, you're listening to me, Pat Axbom. And me, James Roy Lawson. And uh, with us today is none other than Dave Gray, author of Game Storming and... Uh, co-author. Co- yeah, <laughs> co-author. And uh, one of the most popular workshops yesterday, if you're following the Twitter stream. Yeah, and, and also our re- reaction from people that we talked to. Yeah, exactly. And... Uh, Yesterday we had some criticisms uh, <laughs> around the workshops being more like lectures. Mm, and, uh, lectures. Yeah, and we did hear that uh, Dave's workshop was not. Well, you, you were actually I was there. You, yeah, you were I was there, so you can yeah. ask me. Yeah, mm? it what? wasn't a lecture. No, no, excellent. We had about seven or eight different okay. um, exercises, okay. and um, yeah, it was really good. Awesome. And I'm not just saying that because yeah. he stood in front of me and he's about <laughs> he's about a, a foot, <laughs> foot taller than me as well. <laughs> So welcome, Dave. Hey, hola. Yeah. Hola. <laughs> Are you enjoying yourself? I am very much so. Thank you. It's been a great time here. It's my first time in Portugal. It's mm. been wonderful. So we heard you listen to our podcast yesterday. What, I did. What, how were, what were your reactions to that, to our criticisms? Uh, what was my reaction to your criticisms? Um, uh, I wasn't in any of the uh, workshops you criticized, yeah. uh, so I can't really comment. <laughs> <laughs> but the general feeling of, of uh, not having any uh, sessions where you actually do a group uh, activities, but rather that you're, you're just listening to someone showing slides for like three hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, the feeling for me there is not good. It, I mean, th- they're still engaging speakers, mm-hmm. and I, I love that. But I, I'm still, we're here, uh, a lot of people from a lot of, all over the world, basically. Yeah. And we want to interact with each, with each other because, I mean, the audience is a lot of smart people yeah. as well. I, I, I do, as you can imagine, I do a lot of presentations and a lot of workshops, yeah. and I do think that uh, half day, a three-hour format, is one of the more difficult ones uh, because it's um, it's too long, really, to just give a talk. Those people can't really sit still for three hours straight mm-hmm. very easily, and uh, it's not long enough to really get deep into some content like a full-day workshop or, yeah. or a two-day workshop. Yeah. So I do think it's one of the more difficult uh, formats. Yeah. And uh, I also think it's very, um, you know, uh, and I, we talked about this a little bit at lunch. I think it's also can be very difficult um, <clears throat> if you're a native English speaker and you live in a country yeah. like the U.S. or the U.K. Yeah. where everyone's speaking English and you're you're uh, you're at an international conference and not everyone has English as a native language. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes it's easy to go too fast or easy to make assumptions about uh, cultural, you know, uh, mm-hmm. things that. Uh, not everyone understands, so you can make, uh, right. you know, jokes that aren't funny, by, yeah. you know, or... Oh, that can, uh, always can do that, no matter what the language is. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah exactly. We, we've also uh, been starting to get tired of the Netflix examples, because we, ha- we haven't had that in Europe. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, really? Uh, but it's in the UK now, It's in the right? UK, UK now. Yeah. They launched UK. last year, I think. Yeah. 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 Uh, I haven't tried to access it. I was actually... Uh, uh, I was in China recently, and I couldn't get Netflix to work, of no. course, or Twitter or Facebook or anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, I was surprised in Brazil, uh, I did get Netflix to work. Okay, cool. So they have it in Brazil. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> wow. So at least it worked for me in Brazil. doesn't mean it works for Brazilians right. in Brazil. No. So, so before, you, before you came here to UXLX, what did you think? I mean, how did you prepare for your workshop and, and this audience? Yeah, I think it's, uh, it's always helpful to know as much as you can about your audience. And uh, I have uh, learned... I've presented to quite a few audiences in the UX or information architecture worlds, mm. uh, interaction design, and I, 
I have found, uh, I do believe that uh, most of the conferences, UX-oriented conferences that I've been to, people are very interested, uh, very hungry for practical yeah. knowledge that they can apply mm -hmm. immediately. Yeah. And uh, yeah. sometimes very impatient with uh, theory. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, even though I think uh, I and a, a lot of other people believe that the theory is very important to understand mm -hmm. because uh, understanding theory in a lot of cases will uh, widen mm -hmm. your range. Mm -hmm. You know, imagine, you know, uh, the difference between having a recipe book and understanding some of the principles of cooking mm. that allow you to make your, up your own recipes. Yeah, you've got to have the um, cooking fundamentals as your base. Yeah, and then so, you can I mean, some cooking. of those, some of us, uh, myself included, uh, are very excited about the theory because of mm. the potential that it has to unlock all kinds of possibilities for people. Uh, at the same time, I think it's important to recognize people are impatient to, to put things to work. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I think... Uh, uh, I learned that lesson the hard way giving a webinar uh, where uh, a webinar on game storming that had been very successful with uh, managers, mm. but uh, I found the UX audience very uh, impatient with it. Mm. Too much theory and not mm. enough practice. So mm. I took that lesson to heart and, uh, you know, coming to this conference knowing it was an international conference, also mm. knowing it was a UX conference, right. uh, I thought, okay, well, let's make sure that... Um, it's pretty bulletproof, and make sure there's a lot of uh, practical people come away with a lot of practical takeaways. So, yeah. when I made, you know, w when I planned it, I made sure that I was uh, there wasn't anything that I was presenting that I couldn't directly relate to practical problems that UX people have yeah. every day. Yeah, excellent. Yeah. And that, that came across in the actual workshop. That did come across. That it was. It felt like. It could re you could relate to the problems quite easily. Mm. Yeah. Luckily, I have had enough uh, interaction with UX people to know what it is. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is all about knowing your target audience. Man, that's yeah. what we sort of <clears throat> joked about. It's, it's a UX conference. And exactly. User experience. Are not, yeah, it's user experience. You're not, not really adapting to the, to the target audience. Yeah. Although I, don't have, I, I must say, I don't have a UX background. So when yeah. I first started presenting at UX conferences, my first question was, why did you invite me? And <laughs> what is it that you hope to get? Yeah. Because... Yeah. Uh, you know, my background is in consulting and, and visual thinking, and I do a lot of work with, you know, senior leaders and managers. And um, so my it, it took me a while to really understand what people were hoping to get out of, yeah. you know, what I had to offer. I think you also, you also did a bit of a screener test at the start of your workshop yesterday when you asked us. I did. To, you know, who, who's, read, who's got your book? As you said who's heard? I, I think the sequence was who's heard of game storming, who's yeah. heard the word, yeah. <laughs> who's uh, seen the book yeah. or knows that it exists. Yeah. Who's actually bought it or opened it or looked at it? And then the last one was who's actually read it to cover to cover, which yeah. was zero. There was no one. <laughs> no one. And I, uh, that's understandable because it's not that kind of book. It's yeah. like saying, have you read, the, uh, have you read your uh, dictionary cover to cover? Have mm -hmm. you read the recipe book cover to cover? Usually those aren't the kinds of books that you read that way. They're yeah. more of a reference. It's a, it's a reference tool. Yeah. yeah. So what types of activities uh, from the book do you usually think hit home the best with the UX designers? Well, there are a few in the... In the if you have the book, there are a few that we have a, a little chapter called Core Games that are ones that come up all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, those, uh, you know, probably most of them are familiar already to UX people. Mm -hmm. uh, Post Up, which is really just putting down ideas on Post-it notes and putting them up on the wall. Mm -hmm. um, affinity Mapping, which is finding ways to organize ideas using sticky mm -hmm. notes. Yeah. Um, the Empathy Map, which we That's did yesterday, is, mm -hmm. I think, yeah. a very powerful one and very... Uh, because it allows a team to very quickly get aligned 
around yeah. their customer, yeah. whoever that might be. Sometimes the customer is your boss. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but to get aligned about what that person really cares mm. about and what's important, mm. and that can be very helpful to help mm. prioritize features and yeah, yeah. projects and it so forth. We definitely felt like we could, when we produce our empathy map, felt like we could build on that in several different ways yeah. quite mm -hmm. quickly and produce other things. And people understand it quickly. I've actually used the empathy map in the field right. for a health website. Fantastic. Uh, and, and in a workshop. Mm. And people get it. Yeah. And it's I, very easy. Yeah. We do it with clients yeah. a lot to, yeah. to help them focus on customers. Mm. And I think, you know, mm. one of the things about information design, mm. which is my background, is information is always relative. It's always relative to the context. It's always relative to the audience. Yeah. And the first question with any information is, you know, when you're presenting it is, who cares? Okay. Who, who cares? Yeah. Why, why is it important? Mm. And um, I think uh, it's, to me, the empathy map is a very powerful exercise for that reason because mm. it helps you focus. You start to focus on who is it for and why should they care, yeah. and it starts to get you thinking, okay, well, uh, if if this person has these kinds of uh, concerns, then mm -hmm. uh, they won't care. I don't. This may, information may be interesting to us, but it's not going to be interesting to them. Mm -hmm. yeah. And for those listening, yeah. uh, you could consider an empathy map really, really, really fast way of putting together a persona. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's building block for us. Yeah. It's the beginning of a persona. Yeah. And uh, I think it's a good, I mean, to me, an, an empathy map is a really good activity for any presenter to do before yeah. they go into a workshop or right. giving a lecture is to sort of sit down and think about, okay, because if you have an yeah. audience, let's say, that's highly technical mm -hmm. or uh, let's say an audience that's very engineering-oriented, mm -hmm. they're going to have very different expectations for a workshop than uh, senior managers. Mm -hmm. yeah. And to, to be able to think about that, and, you know, I think it was helpful to me knowing uh, coming into a place, a workshop, you know, into an event like this is very helpful for me to have had enough experiences to know that people really are going to want practical tools and takeaways. Yeah. And, you know. Wow, that's fantastic advice. That is good advice. Yeah. Thank you so much, Dave. Thank you. Uh, are Thank you. you attending a workshop now? Uh, well, actually, we have a couple of lightning talks. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I'm very interested to hear uh, Enrico. Um, oh, what's the one? Let's see. Um, service design. Let's see. Um, uh, Erico Fellino yeah. yeah. on service thinking right. uh, okay. because I'm, a, I'm a familiar friends with his colleague uh, Ben Reason at LiveWork, and okay. <clears throat> I'm very interested in service design, so yeah. I'm really interested in that one. That's going to be my next stop. It's a really hot topic in the UX world right now. Yeah, I think service yeah. design is a. a if I were if I were entering the field today, that would be my focus. Yeah. Mm. Well, thanks so much. We'll let you run along to that, and we'll just okay. finish off we'll talking about the, the, the morning sessions. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> thanks so much. Bye-bye. And, um, well, we shared mics then a bit. So yeah. if, you, if the sound wasn't quite like it was in the earlier episodes, then we were three people and two mics. So, um, so I'll apologize already without listening. It's all a learning experience. <laughs> it is. <laughs> the whole thing. So uh, since our, our last episode yesterday, we, we went to the meat dinner. We did. Uh, had, had some beers. Uh, <laughs> got well. a few, few hours of sleep. Yeah. And came up this morning. And uh, I was energized by Jerry McGovern talking about his, uh, his tool, uh, Top Tasks uh, mm. Management. Yeah, uh, and he's, well, he's such a fantastic speaker. I've not, I've not heard yeah. him speak, but I mean, I've read yeah. his stuff for years. Yeah. Um, but, and, uh, I mean, and you recognize his voice and his accent straight away. It's so fun because yeah. I listen to a lot of podcasts with him. Um, and he's so passionate, and it's almost like he's mad at the web world for not understanding. <laughs> That's why I relate to him yeah, as well, because I, yeah. I get like that. I get all passionate and, and stand there ranting yeah. about all the problems. But again, it was <laughs> again, it was mostly 
uh, Jerry talking. Yeah. Uh, for it's me this lecture. morning, it was, mm. it, was, it was okay. But again, I would have wanted to mm. try out some of the things he was describing. Mm. Uh, but was it okay this time? Because you, you, were, you were interested enough in the topic. It was, you were educated enough in the topic. So Yeah. And I was learning. And, and also, I or, mean, like uh, we were talking uh, about before as well uh, at lunch, uh, was my biggest takeaways are not really uh, the tool per se, which mm. I may or may not use in the way he describes it, but just the way he describes the challenges of websites and yeah. uh, linking and having the quick links examples he has. Yeah, the, uh, the practical problems yeah. that we face and that we have to oh, ign right. ignore, roll, uh, deal right. with, or you know, convince someone else mm. to change. Yeah. yeah. And he describes executives mm. as uh, yeah. hippos or seagulls. That's right. I saw your yeah. sketch um, of that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He has some, he has some uh, great lines. Yeah, um, but just uh, that. I mean, it just goes to show if, if, if you're funny, yeah. <laughs> then you get away with a lot. Mm. <laughs> uh, it's okay to sit through that. I was in um, uh, Nate Bolt's mm. um, remote um, research um, session. Right. Um, I was quite looking forward to that because he he. He put it up as um, he said, "Bring your laptops," mm. and it would be um, lots of practical, um, mm. you know, use of tools and mm. trying stuff out. Um, so I didn't, you know, didn't think that was going to be a, a long lecture. Um, yeah. And um, first half of it, the first one half hours, just yeah. flew by. Um, mm. And yeah, we did one exercise, but um, he he did a whole lot of stuff talking about the, um, I mean, lots of tips because he's been doing he's been doing remote research for twelve years. Um, so he's. He's, he's got knowledge that goes back before most of the, work, the tools that we're familiar with now. Yeah. Um, what, what tools are his favorite tools? Well, he built Is his it? own. He built his own? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's what he did in the end. Um, um, I'm just bringing up my notes if you're wondering why I'm pausing and erming a little okay. bit. <laughs> I uses a combination of his own one, which is um, um, e oh, God, my notes are very long for this. Well, it's, a go-to-meeting is, um, is what he uses in combination with, um, um, with their, their own developed mm. tool, mm. Um, Ethio. He, he, I can't pronounce it. It's, oh, mm. I can link to it. Um, and, and then it, it's a whole range of other ones. Depends on the situation. So it, it, one of the important parts that we learned about was um, which is screener. How you how you recruit in the first place. I mean, do you do you do it via a form, a, a pop up a layer on your website, right. um, or do you do it via a recruiting firm, or mm. do it from email lists, or, um, or some other ready sourced list of participants? Okay, um, neat. And um, what, what disappointed me, not disappointed me, what I suppose a bit disappointed um, in that I was hoping for a few more um, kind of guerrilla methods of oh, how yeah. I could do remote research. Mm. You know, um, I suppose you could say cheating. Because that's, that's one of the, ta <laughs> the take-homes from, from well, this. No, it's um, a quick win. That's what I would call it. Yeah, I know. But yeah. what, what um, the feeling I got from this workshop was that, you know, we're going to do this properly. We're going to do research, remote research properly according to the book right um we're not gonna we're not gonna cheat a little bit we're not gonna um we're not gonna cut corners and this is how you do remote research right mm. which is great but it wasn't really what i expected i thought right. i'd get a few shortcuts mm. um well, i got reminded about the mm. problems of shortcuts yeah. um rather than being told how to do them right um so, so what's your main takeaway from the from the session you think Main takeaway. Well, I got uh, the, the list of tools. I got mm. some. I got some new tools to try out. Mm. Um, and um, and I've, but you got to. You can't learn them in the one session like this. No. I, I know of them now, and I know some of the things I do with them. I've seen yeah, it. Things one, to think about. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've got a huge. My notes. I think it's my longest set of notes that I've taken yeah. so far. Um, so I'm definitely going to reread my notes um, and, and see what I've picked up there. Right. Um, and work out how I could use them. Mm. Um, 
but I'm I'm more excited than ever that I can I can use this to do smaller scale tests. Because mm. right. I think we're talking big budget again for mm. a lot of this stuff. Um, mm. Big budget and quite big projects. Mm. Um, and in my work, I think a lot of time I need to I myself need to do stuff that's a bit smaller scale. Mm. Um, I'll order this kind of thing from someone else if they're going to do yeah. the, the big scale um, stuff. Right. Jerry McGovern talked a bit about the real importance of testing, and he showed some examples of sites where you, we were asked to, like, look at the site and see which one, well, like A-B testing mm. uh, examples, where which one do you think converts the best, A yeah. or B? Yeah. And one with really beautiful with images and the one really boring with text. Yeah. Of course, I knew the answer because I've been reading Jerry's stuff. But yeah. uh, what he was saying, I mean... 95% of people usually choose the more pretty one. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, when you test it, it's the other way around. The, the ugly one is 40% better at converting. Mm. Uh, and that's so interesting. And it just goes to show the importance of testing and testing and testing all the time. Yeah, testing everything. Because uh, we can't, as humans, validate. I mean, mm. we, uh, <laughs> we're, our intuition is usually wrong. Yeah. F- fantastically enough. <laughs> I think, um, I'm just remember one of the one of things which was, was great from the workshop um, with, with NIT was, was about this, um, you know, you're using technology to test. Yeah. Remote, remote testing, remote research um, is across the internet. You're using screen sharing and you're using Skype or you're using yeah. um, um, the GoToMeeting or whatever tool it is. You're probably going to use mm. three or, two or three or four tools mm. in, in chain to, to advertise, to recruit, to execute and to analyze um, and it's going to go wrong mm. and Nate said half the time it does 40-50% mm. of the time it goes wrong so yeah. you've got to be you've got to have prepared yourself for dealing with, with those mm. situations it's like you know staying calm and kind of having some phrases and lines that you use to, to right. tell your participant um, you know don't give them, don't mm. tell them oh god you know um, go to meetings crashed or something. Mm. you could say well hold on a minute, hold on a minute while mm. I just um, uh, adjust a few things online right <laughs> <laughs> and that was yeah. uh, you could tell he'd been working a long, way, a long time because yeah. the way he was when it did go wrong in our workshop yeah. ah, smooth as silk he didn't um, yeah, didn't break a sweat fantastic it was excellent yeah uh, so we're, we're not going to have time for the first lightning talk today uh, we're just going to upload this uh, show for you and uh, but we'll definitely uh, get back to uh, this afternoon after the day is finished and uh, report back from the evening se- or the afternoon sessions yeah uh, and uh, thank maybe you. even talk a little bit about tomorrow because it's the conference day tomorrow. Oh yeah, yeah. conference day tomorrow. Yeah. Excellent. So. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you and bye bye. Bye. You've been listening to UX podcast with freelance consultants James Royal Lawson and Per Axel. For more information or to subscribe to this podcast, visit uxpodcast.com.